Welcome to the Movie Movie Podcast, everybody! It is Monday, October 21st, 2019, and we are back. And with me, Tiggs, as always, are Russ. As me, Peter, Russ. Peter. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. And Alex. Just kidding. He's not here this time. Um, sadly. Uh, but he'll be back, as always. Um, very much looking forward yeah, to the next another few months. Yes. Yeah, um, or, or not. Once the holiday season st- comes around, work gets a little bit less crazy for Alex. It'll be uh, much easier for him to to uh, to get into this, get, get some movies in, and stuff like that. But instead, you got to deal with us. January, January, um, when all the best movies come out. Um, he'll be around for the Oscar <laughs> cast for sure, uh, and for his big top four of the year. I'm excited for that. Though. Which did we do that on our first? Did we like count his for half points? Because if you only have five. Yeah, you're I right. Like, did we do that? I don't think we did. Is but it not double points at that, that point? Yes. I, okay, I, I have to go back and I will re-contabulate last year's Oof. best of the year. I was actually and, thinking uh, about that driving home today. I was like, wait. <laughs> and yeah, so they keep, be a look out. Out for, keep a lookout for the press release. Yep. <laughs> where we bring <laughs> Moonlight up to the stage and kick La La Land off. <laughs> or we just we just re, we just add some bonus content to that cast. We go back over it. Are you sure you want uh, to do? It wasn't Mandy as number one? That'll get less points. No, Listen. his number one was Hereditary. Oh, uh, also less point. What was what was our number one film of the year last year? Uh, let me, sorry, give me one second. I'll bring it up. Yeah, give. I'll give you one second. And while I'm doing that one second, maybe we can get a rust down and sure. just get this thing started for Ad Astra. Yeah, dog. I'll do that. I'll do that so hard. Um, Ad Astra, directed by James Gray. Astronaut Roy McBride undertakes a mission across an unforgiving solar system to uncover the truth about his missing father and his doomed expedition that now, 30 years later, threatens the universe. So this is directed by the character from Fifty Shades of Grey? Am I right about that? Is that real? <laughs> No, no, it's not. It's, oh. uh, James Gray, he did uh, Lost City of Z a couple oh, years ago with Robert yeah. Pattinson, which was really great. Okay. You're thinking of uh, someone else. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Our, also, our number one of the year last year was Spider-Verse. And oh. pretty much nothing that he had in his top five really would have completely changed things anyway. So. All right. Well. Okay. So, that was a good movie. Spider-Verse. Great yeah, that, that was that was a year in which the top, the top of, the, like, the aggregate best of the year had it like the lowest score in a while because we were all over the place well i'm gonna be coming from like specifically one company this year so yes, you are. Yeah, <laughs> you're, just, you're just gonna be eight the top a24 a24 yeah, yeah. So also, uh, for ad astra i guess since uh, <laughs> we instead of talking about other stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah what'd you guys uh, think I, I really liked it um Love. i was very happy with the very slow pace and the true the absolute sadness of the space movie yeah i think it was extremely well done um it was a very beautiful movie um i i think that i went into this movie being just like this is gonna be another interstellar isn't it and like an hour and like the first hour i was like this is just another interstellar isn't it and then eventually i was like oh no this is actually this is better um, so I, I, I definitely liked it more than that. I still, I don't know. I, I definitely had my problems with the pacing a little bit. Um, not that I don't like a good slow space movie, but, uh, I don't know. I think I need to give this one a rewatch at some point, uh, to, to really get back into it. But, uh, definitely a very well done, incredibly beautiful movie. Yeah. I, I liked it cause it, it felt like James Gray kind of taking a page out of, uh, what's that dude? Um, it felt like a, like a spiritual sequel to Tree of Life in a in a sense, oh, and, like the through line between between Brad Pitt's character there and this. But yeah, it felt very Malicky. Uh, yeah, and I can like, definitely see that. Yeah, a Malick I like. Where sometimes he can be a little too meandering. If you give him like a little bit of a plot, yeah. Uh, like once Brad Pitt's alone in space, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, and it it it, it I think it really sold the overwhelming fucking infinite 
bleakness of a world we know fucking nothing about. Yeah. But pretend to. Um, and if we're going to get, uh, like, I feel like space movies, we're getting one pretty much every year to two years yeah. in October, like clockwork or <laughs> September. So if we're going to get them, it's nice to see them do do it a little different. Like, I thought it was going to be more of a race against time, like gravity style, interstellar thing, but it's not. It felt and like I it was like going to go that way. And I, and I think that was like my worry about it. And, and it didn't. Uh, it, it definitely. The trailers sell it that way. Yeah. Yeah, the trailers really played up the um, chase scene on the moon. Right. And the movie is very much uh, not the chase scene on the moon. No, yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Um, I was shocked about how young Tommy Lee Jones looks only in comparison to how old my brain believes he should be right now. Yeah, like. He was a space cowboy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a space cowboy. Yeah. It was like 15 years ago. Yeah, and he was he looked old in that movie. Yeah, he he played a cowboy in a movie in which his age was the joke. And that yeah, as we said that was like 15 years ago and he looks good. How right old now. is he? He's, He's got to be 70 74. something. Really? I actually thought he would have been older than that. Like I, I was thinking I, late 70s to 80s. Thing. Yeah. He's only like 11 years older than No, he's 9 years older than my dad. That's oh, not wow. the that no, he's seventy-two. He just might be one of those actors who always had an old face. Yeah. Since we were kids, and we just think, oh, he's so he has to be super old. Well, the fugitive was twenty-six years ago. I was just thinking about that, and he looked old in that. Like that—that that was, I mean, not like seventies old, but I guess he still doesn't look that um, impressive. I would assume he was like had to be late fifties in the fugitive. Was there? But I also haven't seen. Just been a while, so I need. I'm look. I'm now. In, I'm now appropriating how Tommy Lee Jones looks now to that mm. movie, and it might it might not be that he may actually look a little young. I, I gotta uh, after this is over before the jet game. I'm gonna give the Fugitive a quick download <laughs> and a quick quick gander. I haven't watched Fugitive in a while. That movie is great. Yeah, yes, but we are talking about Tommy Lee Jones and how old he is and not at Astra. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the weird thing about Astra, I just don't know how you talk about it, except saying, like, you know, I, I well, I really enjoyed the slow pace. I enjoyed the message of the movie. I thought the performances are very quiet. Yeah. Um, and outside of the uh, the moon chase, there's really nothing to it. But it's the it's, kind of the, it, it's the journey yeah. and especially the destination. And, and what I feel is an extremely, like, a, one of the most, like, interesting ways at approaching a very i guess pro climate change is real and important and pr well pretty much everything that's going around uh, on right now is real and important right um stop worrying about these a million different other things and like right. how about you take a look to your left look to your right and do something about those yeah yeah i i i loved the movie i thought it was well i didn't love it no i i, I really enjoyed it and i was just surprised because it really I, it was one of those movies where I, there were like five or six different days that I didn't go see it. Cause I was like, ah, mm. ah, but it just happened to be playing at the perfect time and it was on my way home. So I was like, okay, fine. Fuck it. Yeah. So I ended up being like really, really surprised. This isn't a movie though that I would recommend to anybody who I didn't, I'd have to know kind of what your movie taste is. There's certain movies where I'm like, I don't care. Everyone needs to see it. I'm not right. saying that for this. But if yeah. you're somebody who likes a slower movie, something a little with a little bit of an art house feel to it, then see this. But I wouldn't recommend this to like your average moviegoer. Yeah, yeah. I think people will walk out of this movie like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, yeah. Because it's one of those movies that I think is is more aided to see. It's more by seeing it in the movie theater. I think it's more of an aid that the movie theater allows you to get locked in. Mm -hmm. Yes, do it. Even though the visuals are gorgeous throughout the entire movie, I think it's almost more important to be like, you have to be sitting there ready to go on the journey with this movie because you could easily stop paying attention and easily hate this movie. Speaking oh, of... You haven't been looking at anything. Speaking of needing to be in the theater to watch and be absorbed by the movie, how about we get the rust down for Gemini Man? Because so, I want to hear what you yeah, have to uh, say about this. Tiggs, that was the top three transition ever. <laughs> I thought a joke was coming, and I was I had Zombieland queued up, and you got. I was like, "Oh, he's swerving," but oh he didn't God. swerve. Dropped a bunch of whiskey all over myself. Gemini, uh, Ang Lee, sure. 
He's off against a younger clone of himself. I really wanted to see yeah. this, and I missed it. I wanted to go and see it in high frame rate in 120. Um, that was only playing at Lincoln Center. Uh, it, it dropped off after a week, and so now it's just playing normal there. It is still playing in 60 frames per second in a couple of AMC theaters uh, around the city, but it just, not being able to see it in 120 is really like pushing me away from it, uh, just because of all the things that I've heard about this. So tell, so Russ, you've seen it normal. Pete, you've seen it high frame. Tell me. I mean, I will never be able to see this in 120 frames per second now. Um, yeah. But... It's not that interesting of a movie. Okay. The, no. plot, the plot's surprisingly simple, I and, and especially surprisingly simple for Ang Lee. I was like, okay, so maybe he's going to go deeper into every, like, theme of this film. Like, you know, guilt and doubt and nature and nurture and just, like, so many different things. And also kind of, like, the military-industrial complex. Okay. And he kind of just... Yeah. Made an action movie that to show off 120 frames per second, and he and he added a little story to it, and that's about it. It's I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop, and there to be a whole other element to the movie, yeah. or to really play with the ethics of cloning, and it really it. This felt like a movie Will Smith would have made in like 2000. Like post iRobot or pre iRobot, yeah. it. I just don't understand why you make this. Why you? Why you make a new movie? Like, and and I'm. I sound like a fucking studio head, but it's like you're introducing new IP that's not doing anything we haven't seen before. Right. What the hell is the hook here? So, There's so no. It never goes not, deeper than actually basically what you see in the trailer. Nope. No, not and really, is that and it's, it's not close. built for sequels. It's yeah. not built to do. How did you? How did this movie get greenlit? Is it? It's just. It's got to be on the Angley name power, and it's got to be just like him trying to push out this technical marvel he's been trying to do since well for a while now. I mean, even before yeah. Billy Lynn with um, Life of Pi, he was still pushing for like it, that was playing in like a higher frame rate as well, or like 4K or something like that. I won. You won best director for that. So, yeah. but like. Do make them. This wasn't the one. Like yeah. this is such a. And the thing is, it's not a bad movie. Right. It's just there's no real reason to go see it. Like this is yeah. if it's on TV and you don't have anything to do and there are no commercials. Yeah, I'd watch it. But so, it, it, there's nothing about this that screams like uh, this is an essential film. So one thing. All right. Yeah, so, it, so there's two questions that I want. Two, two things that I want to, yeah, nice. Um, uh, thanks, Coppola. Uh, there are two things that I want to, like, ask about this specifically. Uh, one is going to be for Pete, and then one for the both of you. Uh, first one, Pete, uh, the the CGI effects in this, like, uh, the, the young Will Smith, from what I've been told about 120 frame rates is that CGI effects actually are really, really benefit from the 120 frames. Uh, does that come across? Does it actually look like you're, you know, seeing like a decent clone or does it still look like you're just looking at a CGI effect? No, no. He, the young Will Smith really does look incredible. Okay. And like, there's a, there's one sequence in which like they really hang on his face because he delivers a very emotional performance and like this young CGI Will Smith cries and it looks fantastic. Okay. That's impressive. There was the ending. And I think, I think kind of Superman. Yeah, I think, I think it was reshoots and I didn't have as much time because it was the one time I was like, that doesn't look like a real person at all. It even looked it looked like the first time that it, you can even probably say that maybe not even Will Smith was doing a mocap performance for it sometimes at the very end. Right. Okay. His gait, the way he walked was different. It, it was just like, yeah, it was fantastic until the last five minutes. And I was like, what the fuck is this? So now this this movie is like a universal. Fl- it has lost seventy five million dollars so far, I believe, at the box office. Um, yeah, shit. Paramount is gonna die. That that they are just coming up with fucking stink bomb after stink bomb. If it's not a Mission Impossible movie, do you think that this it's- gets a, like a technical nod at the Oscars? Um, I would like to see it get nominated for visual effects. Uh, sure. I mean, it, you would that in Endgame. 
There's no movie right now, I think, like Ex Machina won a couple years ago because oh, yeah, it was doing like a specifically really cool thing. Yeah. There aren't any movies right now that are popping off the, off my head that are doing that. So Gemini Man might get the, this movie did a really cool thing uh nod this year but it's also gonna be weird to be going up against like yeah like like endgame star wars like there's a lot of special like a lot of movies that are going to be competing with this for special effects and if the only thing that really has going for it is like oh well in high frame rate this looks amazing and i assume for a lot of the academy you're going to be seeing it on a dvd screener and you're just going to be like well whatever yeah yeah agreed so so that's i mean it's crazy to think I, I really love the idea that like we have a movie that like you really need to go to the theaters to see, but it sucks that there were like thirteen theaters in the United States that were playing it in the way that it was intended. And after no, a week, no, no. what? No, they were playing in the frame rate it was right, intended, yeah. but no one was theater playing four K. Yeah, no theater in the U.S. is doing a four K stereoscopic three D one hundred twenty frames per second, which is insane. Like if if yeah. if you're looking for reasons to drive people to the theater. Then get like do like do everything you possibly can to like to first off to like promote the movie more. I mean, we saw trailers before just about every movie we went and saw. But as far as like promotional like posters and like TV spots and stuff like that, I don't know. I felt like it dropped off. Like I, I didn't see anything for it. They had a. They did a lot of. Uh, they did a lot of I think cheaper promotion. Like they uh, partnered up with MTV and. Um, wwe to do these different like youth versus experience things but like it wasn't a traditional ad campaign they tried to go young with a movie that no young person would see mm-hmm. um because will smith doesn't draw to kids like he draws to people in their late 20s and up mm-hmm. so the people who go see movies are fucking kids and this isn't based on anything it's original property and it is it it feels like a movie out of time like, it should not be coming out in this decade. Yeah. It's about 15 years old. Speaking of a movie that feels like it's out of time and should not be coming out this decade or ever, let's talk about Zombieland Double Tap. Real quick. It's the yeah. dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. And I'll... <laughs> uh, yeah, Zombieland. I shut it off after 20 minutes. It's it, it just felt like the laziest thing ever. Like, Jesse Eisenberg's voiceover is... They go harder with it than the first one, and it feels like the it just was just the laziest thing they could do. Nobody wants to be there. Yeah, Emma Stone looks like she, oh, she is out of it. barely even reading her lines. Like, uh, I, I, if I were her, I would. I, I'm sure it, it'll. She she must have hated every fucking minute of this. Like you're an you're now not saying you can't slum it, but if you're gonna slum it, you don't slum it in a stupid fucking sequel. Yeah. I, I like, this movie is pointless. I, I agree with all of that. Uh, I didn't like. I didn't hate it. I didn't think that there was a reason for it. Um, I would probably not watch this movie if it ever came on again. Um, but again, I didn't like. I, I I didn't aggress like come out of it and be like, oh my god, how like why was this there? Like I can't believe this. It was just like I saw it, I forgot it, and and that was kind of the end of it. And, and just not a not a fan no reason for it to exist um like every, they, it was a rehash of all the old jokes from the last movie uh which was 10 years ago uh what's the point i i legitimately did not like the bill murray stuff at the end um it it, it felt really lazy um with the exception of the al roker joke which was decent um but again yeah yeah, yeah. it it the worst thing is with it being 10 years later if you told me that this movie takes place five minutes after the first one, Which I would have believed. It feels like it does. It honestly and feels exactly like it does. That's stupid. That's not interesting. And I know that this isn't the kind of movie that it is, but when you think about like zombie movie, like a zombie franchise, and, and like Night of the Living Dead, and, and go from like Dawn of the Dead to Day of the Dead, where it's like it com- feels completely different. It's like it, you know, all new everything, um, and like trying to say something. And this is not trying to say or do anything uh, except like people love these characters. Let's bring them back. And 10 years later. And I don't know, like it's, it's, how, it feels like it's, it feels like a studio grasping for a hit. Like, and that's all that it, I don't even know why. Yeah. Yeah. This movie shouldn't exist. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to get into a movie. That's the transition. Uh, wow. Uh, so we'll just move on. Cause I can't think of a good, 
good uh, segue for that one. And we'll just talk about the death of Dick Long. Sure. Um, uh, actually, does work in a segue that you're a little worried and don't know really how to explain this. No, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah see, yeah, yeah. All right, there we go. I'm yeah. curious to what the, to see. Oh no, that works. Uh, death of Dick Long <laughs> by Daniel Shiner, who's half of Daniels from uh, the uh, Swiss Army Man. Dick right. died last night, and Zeke and Earl don't want anybody finding out how. That's too bad, though, because news travels fast in small-town Alabama. So this is a well-done movie that I will never recommend to someone. It's I would never tell somebody to see this movie lest they think less of me. Yeah, it's very Appalachian Fargo. I don't even know if I really liked the movie in the long run, but I, I, can, I respect I a lot of things about it. Actually, I don't want to say that out loud. Yeah, no, do not go on record as saying that. A hundred percent. It is. It's shot really like it, it keeps you guessing until the point where it reveals it to you. And then you're just like, what? The Even fuck? when they're intimating what it could be, I was like, no, but it's not that. No, no. Yeah. Why would it? No, it's not. Yeah. Oh, kind of oh. felt like uh, Catfish, the original film. Yeah. Sure. Like we're tricking you to get into the theater with a false premise that is truly actually about a much deeper issue, even though, but they also had the, the very weird thing. Like what, if it was just about the, what it means to lie to yourself and others and not be true to who you are being the thing that really gets you in trouble. Like what I love so much about during the ending, when it shows the cop's home life and how happy she was, yeah. Just because she was clearly like nothing but honest about her life. Yeah. Yep. I like that message, but it certainly didn't feel like what was the movie was going to be about. Right. No. And I was like, uh, maybe don't be honest about that. <laughs> but I kept waiting for a twist or a turn that doesn't really materialize itself in the way that you think. Cause even when you're like now finding out, okay, it's about this. I was still like, no, no. Yeah. Right. Like, no. Oh, that just has to be a joke. There's gotta be something else it's actually happening. It's this has gotta be, Oh, it's, Oh, it, Oh, like, no, it's and really then, about and that. Then I'm, out of my own, then I'm in my head. I'm like, well, why did you make this? Yeah. Yes. I, I respect it. That's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. What I, I like I, we I found think... out two main characters still never had a conversation in which they were open or honest about themselves. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it's still, yeah, sure. I'll say that I really enjoyed like most of the performances. I think that like the, the daughter is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Gosh, it's dope. Uh, but uh, yeah, this isn't a movie that I'm going to be tell anyone to ever <laughs> see. Like, Unlike Jojo Rabbit, <laughs> Jojo, Jojo Rabbit, directed by America's most delightful not American, Taika Waititi. Um, a young boy in Hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. This movie that really undersells like it's the whole, the whole rest fucking of movie. movie. Oh my god. Like this movie is about so okay, like I the whole time I was watching this, I was like, wow. He has taken what Wes Anderson does and done like a, just a much better job, much funnier job and like made it so deep and complex that it's insane. Wes yeah. Anderson eliminated emotion from his films like after The Life Aquatic. Right. So yeah. This is if that trajectory continued and he had emotion still, he could have made a movie like this, but Taika fucking crushes it. Oh my well, God. That's, and, but then Wes Anderson makes um, Budapest that in, tries to inject a little bit of emotion back into it and everyone freaks out. And that, and I don't like that movie. What about, uh, oh, what's the one with the two campers? Um, Moonrise. Moon, yeah. I think that that, that was, I, I love that movie. I, I think that that's, that's yeah. fantastic. We're, you know, with some of the, yeah, for the most part. Um, but, but I think that this does everything and like it, it looks and kind of feels like a Wes Anderson ish movie, but it never, but like the voice of it is very much not Wes Anderson. Like, like it, it's no, it, it doesn't. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. Wes Anderson can't help, but have a sense of elitism 
in anything he makes. And uh, Taika made a movie that literally everyone can see, despite you thinking it might be problematic. Because it's not. Right. It's yeah, just it, very funny. Exactly. It's got a lot of heart. Yeah. I'm kind of shocked that the IMDb... I love that little boy was fucking great. He was amazing yeah. in that movie. Um, I, I thought... Every well, I I love the I love the uh, uh, young girl. I thought oh, she was she, she's she's real good. Uh, she, she was in something that she was fucking incredible. In. Oh, Leave No Trace. She's oh. she's she's fantastic. Uh, Leave No Trace. If I had seen it last year, it would have made my top ten without question. It's fantastic. Yeah. So I was shocked. I'm shocked that the IMDb synopsis mentions the. Uh, Jewish girl, because the commercials just try to make it seem like a Hitler's uh, his imaginary friend, Ron. Right. And, and I'm happy that it's not, because if, I feel like that could have gotten old, and it could have taken away from it, it's like you have to have a really careful balance of being a very, very funny movie, but also not just being like, wasn't Hitler goofy? Right. Um, I- I would I say feel that like if you see him more, you might start to lose sight of who this man truly is. Yeah, you know, the Taika Waititi Hitler might actually have been my the part of the movie I was least interested in as yeah. it kept coming back. But that was yes. the part that yes. got the most laughs um, throughout the audience. Uh, but but I, I thought that there was just so much more, uh, just so much funny stuff throughout that. Um, but like, oh man. The, it's hard to just like. I thought Sam Rockwell and Sam Alfie Rockwell, Allen's unspoken whatever was funny. Sam Rockwell I, is amazing in this movie. He's real good, and then um, that's a performance to pull off. Yeah, like you're not a good guy. No, um, and at all. Th- there is there is so much heart in this. Like the the the, the shoe tying stuff. Like I was bawling at that point. Like that was yeah. it was. Yeah, just so touching. And, so, so much about this movie is, uh, it's it's like you know when you go back and like watch like Hunt for the Wilder People or whatever like that, and, and like the relationship feels real, and, and you feel it here this, as well. Yeah. This guy really, really pulls wonderful performances out of kids. Like I thought that the Yorkie and and JoJo's friendship was the cutest fucking thing I've oh ever seen God. in my life. Yeah, it was amazing. I, it was adorable. Yeah. Yorkie. He's the cutest fucking kid I've ever seen in my whole life, and it was it was just nice. It was just adorable. I, I couldn't. Oh my god! I was like these are it was just the cutest. It, again, I was uh, it was so goddamn cute. I couldn't not stand to, it. Not to like quote the movie, but when he's just like, oh, I guess I'm just a kid in a fat kid's body. I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, such good deliveries throughout. And real good, like just I love goofy jokes like how Hitler, how Hitler, how Hitler. Oh Hitler, yeah, Hitler. going back and forth on that. <laughs> And then what was? Oh man, uh, who was the guy uh, uh, from like the uh, the office and um, Merchant? Yeah, Steve yeah. fantastic. And just in well, like, like yeah. the cameo what that he has, been, so good. We hailed the boy, then we hailed you, and then we hailed. <laughs> then like hailed the next one, and then like oh my god, like it was just so yeah. so well done, uh, uh, yeah. top to bottom. Re- really, really lovely movie. Uh, it it's just a it's a good it's a good time and it respects the material or the world speaking of respecting the material in the world maybe we'll go the opposite way and talk about joker sure i saw that one coming i had it queued up so <laughs> uh joker todd phillips uh the guy doesn't make comedies anymore um uh, and we all know why because of the voice uh, uh, <laughs> Low culture ruined comedy. Oh my god! Why don't you go date rape somebody? Get the fuck out. Of here. Um, anyway, in Gotham City, mentally troubled comedian Arthur Fleck is disregarded and mistreated by society. He then embarks on a downward spiral of revolution and bloody crime. This path brings him face to face with his alter ego, Colin the Joker. This movie is clearly made by people who thought they were making one thing and didn't know how to do that. Well, it's clearly like we read Killing Joke and then that's it. Like there is nothing else after that. Like someone read Killing Joke was like, we should just make a Joker movie. 
put that in there. Yeah. How can we make this scene seem like a Martin Scorsese film? Oh, let's do that. And then there was this. There, there's other scenes. that are like, what if we made it a Gotham movie? And then those there's scenes that just do not fit the movie. My thing is this movie, and it well made, whatever, whatever you want to say. But it, it's almost like I would like I'm exhausted just thinking about this movie. And I don't, and that take that's not to mean it's not good. I I enjoyed what I saw in the theater. Anytime I was disassociated from this having anything to do with the Joker, and anytime I remembered this is the Joker, you know, like that one who is in who like fights Batman, that guy, this is him. No, it's not. I I think that you had a good point when we were talking about it the other day when you said. if this wasn't a Joker movie, I would like, I would really enjoy it. And, and I do. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it being tied to anything like that, it, it, it drags it down because it just like, it, it you just start punching holes in it. Um, and, well, that, and maybe that's just I, for I, our stupid nerd brains. Um, but right. like, go you ahead. can't make a movie anymore and expect nerds to not feel a certain way about it. But right. now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, I'm sorry, but there's no world where this is the guy who fights Batman? Right. This guy is a is a little bitch boy. And I was, I was listening to I forget. I was, he'd get his ass kicked. Like the yeah. Joker I know is crazy. He is crazy and charming and convincing. This guy is just a fucking loser. So the the thing that keeps getting me about this this representation of the Joker is the Joker is you know like insane, chaotic, whatever, but also like incredibly intelligent. Like that's part of the Joker is that like he's th- like he has thought through a thousand different possibilities and he and he just like chooses a random one. Um, but but like he so it's still chaotic, but he's super hyper intelligent and knows what he's doing. This guy never comes off like that ever. I never no. believe that this guy is smart at all. No. So he, I don't believe he's smart, which which then points which then turns the entire movie on its head because you can't be as fucking dumb and as uh much of a pussy boy as he is for lack of a better word. And then also be smart enough to diagnose yourself on TV and say that this is the reason why all of this stuff is happening. You can't be this fucking stupid and that fucking insightful at the same time. No. And then, and like, like regardless of that excuse for what he does, that final scene that Todd Phillips obviously wrote, um, was was like one of the worst monologues I think that I've ever had to witness mm-hmm. in film. <laughs> Even if this wasn't a Joker movie, I would have been like, I never want to see the bat like a fucking deranged guy be like, "Well, this is what happens when you don't be nice to me." Right. <laughs> Get out of my fucking face, you dude! You can't do comedy right. anymore. You guys decide what comedy is, and now it's not funny. But I think, like, all right. Yeah, it. but I'm gonna write, I'm gonna write a character who's a little person just to make jokes about him being a little person constantly. Sure. And the biggest laugh in the theater was him not hitting that lock. Oh yeah. Like that was just, like it, it's it's bad all around. Um, I, I yeah, I the, the the and then the fact that you know P pointed this out. I got to the theater a little bit late, but um, there was no DC logo. At the beginning of this, so it's almost like, oh, it's going to be, it's like, oh, it's its own thing. It's its own, but no, it's not. It's fucking so deep into the like the Wayne mythos that like, no, you just put the goddamn DC logo in there. Like, don't pretend that you're something right. you're not. Like, stop it. Right. And you didn't have to do any of that shit. Like, you chose to just to connect. So it's like, no you, reason. You, oh my god, I you, was so annoyed. <laughs> it's re- it's it's distracting, and I'm like. You have an interesting character study here, but you're not smart enough to pull it off. Yeah. Completely. And I'm not, then again, it's, it's, it's weird that I'm criticizing a movie that I've patently already said is good. (laughs) But if you think about it, like the more you think you think things don't make sense. Right. And you're trying to do this high art and you're, you're, you're the one who's taking the shot and taking the gamble. So I grade people on, 
how they what their thinking is and what behind making this. If they just made a Joker movie and he wasn't like, it's going to be gritty and real and duh, this and that. If you just said I'm making a Joker movie and just made a Joker movie, I'd be like, fine. Right. You, th- This movie was built up to be the fucking biggest thing in the world. And it's and it kind of just is, like anything else. Sadly. And it's weird. It's going to be the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. And now we're going to get all these weird villain movies that we don't need because of this. And like the thing that you were just saying, like the the point, like oh yeah, we're making a Joker movie. That's it's like making something that's that you believe is high art, and then telling every fucking person, look at this high art that I just made. Like that, like, right. like no, 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 you don't get to choose that. Like you, you make what you make, and then like you know, everyone will be like, oh, this is this, which I guess again comes back to that monologue at the end. Um, Even not- AMC had this in their artisan film series, and I was like, that. oh boy. So I'm like, if this is what this is, that's how I'm grading it. Yeah. And But it wasn't like, you know when people say like, oh, Christopher Nolan tried to make a Batman movie that existed in the real world. Yeah. And then, oh, Christopher Nolan was trying to make like inject like better f- movie making into uh, comic books, which is the thing I don't think he did. Right. Um, but this one is like, if you think this is a movie that they tried to – make a comic book movie a 70s Scorsese film, I think they failed. Oh, or totally. did they a 70s Scorsese film that was also a comic book movie, I think they failed. Because they clearly were trying to do one version of that, but it completely feels like one or the other, never both at the same time. Right. And it feels like embarrassed about what it is at times. Like, if you're making a Joker movie, don't you're embarrassed about how you're going to do that if he's already a clown. Right. Right. But if you're making a serious movie and you have the Pearl scene or the scene with him talking to young Bruce Wayne and Alfred, you're not succeeding. Like it's, it's so frustrating. And I, uh, different from us, just hated it the entire time. Yeah. I, I I came off like, I felt like I was going to be, in like in the middle of of like Q2 like square in the middle and I feel like I'm definitely leaning closer to Pete's side of things like the more I think about it the more I dislike the movie um yeah. and, and like oh yeah I'm, I'm never gonna see it again yeah no it's like it ugh. I don't want to I don't want to I'm not doing that to myself yeah and if, there, if you could ever say something um good about Green Book winning the Academy Award last year oh boy here we go it's that it already set me up to really, really, really not care about who gets who wins Oscars. So I'm already like, I don't care. Do whatever you want with Joker. You're a very dumb organization. He's 100 percent getting nominated. Um, and uh, he's nominated, and this movie might too. Yeah, that performance is so uninteresting, and I, it's, it's great. Yes, he lost weight, but who gives a shit? It doesn't matter to the character that you're skinny. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, and I think that like what people have been comparing this to, um, like the Machinist, and like there's reason in that. There's no reason in this for it's just like, oh yeah, look how weird he looks. And yeah. that's kind of it. If he wasn't, if he wasn't skinny, would this be a good performance? No, because he would just be dancing, and it would be boring as hell. And so the thing that I keep coming back to about like him being like uh, about it being just like, oh look how weird he looks, or look how weird he is. And like that being kind of a like a persona of the Joker, a bit like oh this is just a weird dude. But that whole persona, that whole that that like tidbit about the Joker makes a lot more sense when the Joker has no fucking origin. Or it's just like where did he come from? He's so like that 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 works when you're not trying to be like this is how he began. Like no 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 this. Or if who that like yeah similar to what you're kind of saying like he can't be Arthur Fleck. And then the Joker, and there be very little difference between the two, and the Joker be a bitch too. And like, I'm sorry, IMDb described it as like his powerful. Like the IMDb describes it as his like persona. Like he takes on the persona of the Joker. Like no, it's the same dude. It's the there's nothing. It's the the same guy. Just he has a gun now. Yeah. So what? What? Like who is this guy as a villain? And to appropriate to like attach. You know, weird, I don't know, like, to attach weird politics to the movie, too, doesn't make the, like, you're trying to justify how the Joker gets people, uh, how he's charismatic. This guy's not charismatic. No. 
Not even he's not even a little from, bit. In fact, people no, don't like him. Little bit, no, no one likes him. So this guy is, unless this guy is the person who inspires the real Joker, blah, 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 then then fine. But this isn't the Joker. So if I'm if you're asking me, did Joaquin Phoenix do a good job of playing the Joker? I'm going to tell you. No, right. because this movie, in my, again, I watched this movie without without any association to the DC universe. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. If you watch it and you're like, this is the Batman universe, it's fucking dumb. And it doesn't have to be – And it, it's not because it's gritty and it's grounded and it's realistic. It's just because that's not the character. And like when you think about like this performance, like this this representation of the Joker versus you know Heath Ledger's representation, which this is always going to be compared to, and I forgot that Jared Little actually did one when Pete and I left and we were talking about Joker. Um, like Heath Ledger, insane maniac, charismatic as all hell. Like right. loved every set. Like just like even like the little all the little tidbits. Like when he goes to the to the scene uh, or to like the party scene. And he's just like, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking for this person. You know, I'm looking for this. Can you, and just like taking things like eating the shrimp and stuff like that. It's just, it's like, it's crazy, but you're just like, Oh wow. Like I am enthralled watching this character right now. Do yeah. what he's doing. And this one, I was like, I just, I was like, just get to the next scene. Can we just move on? I just don't care. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. With Heath Ledger's, it's like, I see that, as you were saying before, Joker should look like he is completely in and out of control all at the same time. Yeah. But, and that's a performance that I can believe. Like I could believe if he beat Batman, I could believe that he fought Batman to a stalemate. I could believe that he accomplished a million different things. This version of the Joker, as Russ said, I can't imagine him fighting Batman because I can't imagine him like accomplishing anything. Right. Yeah. The most successful thing he did in that movie was get those cops accidentally beat up. Yeah. And, and that whole scene and like, was so problematic as well. Like, everything, right. everything in this movie is so problematic. He walks ass backwards into that. Like, yeah. he never does anything uh, of any substance. And a real Joker would be able to manipulate that situation exactly. to have that same outcome. This guy cannot do that, period, the end. And you can't say, it's his origin... No, sorry. The Joker is like a fucking force of nature, dude. And, and this guy is not. Exactly. And that's what's so great about the Joker as a character. And like and you know, killing joke notwithstanding, because they tried to give him an origin and, and and it's like and it's it's funny and it's well done and you know, like it's it's this weird like offshoot where Batman, I believe, you know, like it, I guess it's not said, but breaks his neck at the end of it and kills him, so that's it doesn't really work out. But like it, right. it, it works as the origin story because he, you you believe it like he's like the failed comedian that you know has like the jack nicholson you know come out and like just eventually becomes a joker this you're just watching a sad person i don't like that's i period <laughs> you're watching a sad person this guy goes to jail and stays in jail and never gets out yeah but that's what, that but so what is his mental illness what why is he taking so much medicine because if it's just abuse that's not saying anything interesting about mental illness in mental general. Illness. That's again, also not a diagnosis. I yeah. yeah. That's just, something happened. Something happened. Right. Like that's lazy. Like you, if something happened and you were abused, maybe you have post-traumatic stress disorder. Maybe you have this. Maybe you have that. Maybe you have borderline personality. Something comes with it. You don't just say, "Oh, well, you know, stuff happened, and now I'm kooky." Right. That's bad writing. And I think that there's some interesting things that it, it does ar around that. Not that. Like, I think that that is highly problematic. But, like, where it's like, oh, well, we've lost funding. And, like, go go sure. somewhere with that kind of stuff. Like, that, that's actually an interesting, like, thing to do. But it doesn't. It, it's just like, oh, well, stop seeing them. And, you know, I'm still really not totally sure what this person's, what what, what their real issues are. Like, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it was disappointing. And maybe I went in like expecting too much, but it was, it was overall it was just disappointing. But what wasn't disappointing <laughs> was the lighthouse. Oh man, fuck yeah! I wasn't even expecting that to come up. Uh, let's go to it. Let's go to it. The lighthouse, directed by my boy Robert Eggers. Uh, the hypnotic and hallucinatory tale of two lighthouse keepers on a remote, and mysterious New England island. New England Island in the 1890s. I loved, I walk into the theater, I go to my seat, and I hear, oh, and I look up and Russ is sitting right there. 
Um, of all, of, well, granted, playing in one theater, yeah, but yeah, of yeah. all the times and all the rows. Yeah, no, exact same row, like the seat right next to each other. <laughs> it was very, very, very odd. Yeah. Um, uh, shows that were this meant movie. to be, do this podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I have spent so much time this weekend telling anybody who will listen to see this movie. I've spent so much time is, looking up theories about this movie thing. and what it, what this is about. Yeah, I've read I've read every article that exists on the internet. Yeah, I listened to that A twenty four podcast. It was awesome. That's a great podcast. Um, yeah, this uh, is this is the movie that I need to see again. Yeah. Oh God, I can't wait to go back. There's uh, movies I want to see again. This is a movie I need to see a second time. I'm like, please have a wide release so I or a, like a platformed expansion. So that in like another two to three weeks, I can go somewhere easier and see this because it it so much was happening. It it was an extreme, and I I love the aspect ratio, and I thought yeah. I wasn't going to. I agree, and I felt the same way like walking into like a ghost story and like feeling like, oh no, this I get it, like this makes sense, and it, it, it 100% makes sense for this too. I like it because it locks you in. Yeah, like it's even. It's a claustrophobic setting, and it's made even more so by that weird – and it's, like, slightly off-kilter. It's this weird trapezoid. Uh, it's so weird. Yeah. It's very, very strange. But it forces you to fucking pay attention to what is in front of your face, uh, and it adds to that – it adds to the tension and the and the odd the, – the sense of dis-ease that you feel. And it's also just watching two – it, it, this movie doesn't even seem real. Like uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, it's, you, you took two guys who are very, very good at the thing that they do in this movie, mm-hmm. and you just said, uh, "Here, go." Like I, it's I, fucking brilliant. If fucking if if Pattinson, I'm oh, sorry. I, all, all right, before we go any further, if Joaquin gets nominated and Willem Dafoe doesn't. Bullshit no, everything. I'm burning, <laughs> I'm burning the world to the fucking ground. His soliloquy. All of where them. He's, yeah. But both both guys have the best fucking soliloquies, which are followed by the best fucking responses. Oh, my God. This movie is funnier than a it's lot of movies I've seen this year. Hilarious. And weirder than, ev- than just about yeah, the everything movie. I've seen. The it's fucking the dinner weirdest. soliloquy is possibly the like one of the finest moments I've seen. Like it's oh amazing. It's brilliant. And it, if if that was written like that, then these then Robert Eggers and his brother are the greatest writers ever. Needs to fucking get an original. It, it, it feels right so now. natural and weird. It's it's. I don't know this movie. It's I loved every else. minute of it. This movie, is like compared to The Witch, which I feel like is a much more straightforward movie than this, and this is this is just straight up like a folktale allegory. Um, and like and and like reading things afterwards, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I didn't notice that about it. Like, oh, oh, that's like, oh, that's why it kind of felt like you know a Greek myth at times. Like, oh shit, yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, uh, but but also like it like as like this, this weird allegory and things like that taking kind of everything at face value but but with like something you know crazy and, and stuff that at the end like i i, st- I believe that like everything happens as it is um but and they're just both kind of going crazy yes that's what i believe as well isolation I like it's like the, the like isolation the fear of isolation and like and and like not noticing like oh wait robert pattinson was like um he was like a like a, a lumberjack and like always in the forest and now this is like the complete opposite of where he was like yep. an island like completely devoid of that and like you know like the 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 total turn of like I've ever, oh my god like we could yeah well as you just said i what i really like that it does is that it sets up this world and and it sets up this thing that you think that only robert pattinson has gone crazy right and as you said like it it, it completely is written and framed to be that no Willem Dafoe's been saying been telling him what's really happening every once in a while towards the end but why should we believe that for a second right right and it and it's something thinking back on it that it's just like oh no 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 I got gaslighted possibly by this crazy person yeah like they're both unreliable narrators 
but the camera yeah. actually isn't in some way. Like it's this really right. weird thing. And I'm, so I, I definitely, I have my issues with the witch. Um, I think it's like a very incredibly well-made movie. Um, but uh, I think that it is very like, I, I've talked to people who like have interpretations of it that I'm just like, no, 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 it's not. It's obviously this. And this is a movie that I'm just like, no, I, how, how do you interpret it? Because I have no fucking idea. Here's kind of what I think. And I, and there's nothing to support it. No. Uh, yeah. I will never fully understand this movie. And I am going to do my damnedest by re- like, I'm a weirdo and I've seen Midsummer a thousand times. <laughs> I am going to, I'm going to watch the light. The lighthouse is going to be like a, a fucking nightly ritual. I cannot wait to start fucking figuring this movie out. Cause there's so many, there's so many interpretations to this movie. It, it, so this is a layered. fucking film school kids dream. Yeah. Like it really I, is. it's like the Donnie Darko of today or some shit like that. Like it, but way right. better. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought it was my Blue's Clues but, noise, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, no, it, it just hit it, it, top to bottom, like every single thing about it. The him fucking Pattinson versus the seagull. Oh, I could watch that all day. Yeah. And I didn't see where that was going. Like, I, I thought that was going to be like, okay, this is going to be a thing. It's going to be a bit the whole movie. And then 20 minutes later, it's like, oh, no. Oh, he just did like, that. Okay. Oh, that's where. Oh, oh, I see what's about to happen. Oh, okay. and this scene is uh, long. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just keeps going. Like, holy crap. Uh, he was angry at that seagull. Um, and then yes. I, th- I think that there was something to be said. Like, there was Russ, uh, you and myself, and, like, the person sitting next to us were laughing hysterically. When, but the thing is, I think everyone was so hung up on, it's an art house film. Right. So it's not a ha-ha movie. But no. That movie Hilarious. is fucking funny, yeah. and I'm sorry if you're putting a fart in a movie, you're doing it because it's fun. <laughs> when has a fart? Yeah. When has a fart been in an adult movie? I can't remember the last time a fart was in a movie that didn't have Adam Sandler in it, uh, and isn't Uncut Gems, oh, my f- future favorite movie of the year. Looks so, um, good. looks so good. When has a fart been in a movie and it's not funny? Yeah. People need to get off their fucking dumbass high horses and understand that this movie is as funny as it is dramatic and suspenseful. Yeah. And that is very weird because this is the I this is a genreless movie. If you said, Hey, what yeah. is this? I couldn't tell I could not tell you without naming three to four genres. And if you go to three to four genres, it's genreless. Yeah. Like that's not a thing. It's like you know Oh, what... you know, it's just your average comedy, drama, mystery, noir, thriller, suspense, uh, action film. It's like you know how you know how like myths and things like that are kind of like they they can be kind of funny at the same time, but they're also trying to teach you a lesson and like dramatic and can be like really suspenseful and horrorful. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which it nails. Like old timey parables, myths, all those things. Like they can they can be any. They, it's uh, it's up to who's telling the story. Right. This kind of happens to be all of those things, and it's it shouldn't work. But it does. And it does. So and I'm happy that this is a movie he was working on for a long time. Yeah. Because he had to like stop and do other movie, do other things in between. Like this was before the witch. Yeah. Um, he had, I'm happy script. that it all worked out because nothing, usually when movies take this long to get made, they end up being shitty. Yes. We don't even know. Like, and, and to do this, this well with two fucking guys. Yeah who apparently have very different performance styles. Like Defoe is a, is a rehearser. He's an act. He's like a student of I, rehearsing and I love that all that stuff. And Pattinson's like, no, nah, I just like to show up and like do it. Yeah. So they, so Eggers said like they had a natural, almost like op, they had a, they had like a natural fucking issue just in the way that they perform. Cause it's only the two of them. So it's not like, you can be like, oh, well, you know, this guy's kind of in between them. No, it's them. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, let's for her. Pattinson's like, nah, bro. It's like Paula Abdul and MC Scott Cat. Um, Pete, what is so, uh, Russ and I have been talking a lot about this. We also talked a lot about this immediately after walking out of the theater. Uh, give me some more of your thoughts on this. Um, and and kind of like overall what you think, what, what you think of this versus like maybe The Witch or some other like A24 films. Um, and, and just... <laughs> Yeah, I saw all A twenty four films are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a given at this point. Um, I haven't seen The Witch, which I really need to watch. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, it's one of those, as I said, it's one of those movies that I absolutely need to see again. I really enjoyed it. I'm not sure where it lands on me for the year. Cause like I walked out I kind of like, a, I walked, so oddly enough to your story, I walked out of this movie in a little bit of a haze yeah. having just seen it. And it was a Sunday afternoon. And for some reason, Lincoln Square was like, oh, you know, the two biggest independent releases of the year up to this point, Jojo Rabbit and The Lighthouse that are both only playing here in the entire city. Let's have them start at the same time and end at the same time, right? Almost really irresponsible on their part. So two <laughs> huge theaters of people exit at the same time, both with in very different moods. Um, <laughs> and then coming out of Jojo Rabbit, I see Russ, and I'm just like waving at Russ, and Russ is immediately like, "This is my favorite movie of the year," <laughs> and I'm still I'm like completely lost. I was like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I'm like. I'm out of it, but as I said, I really need to see it again. I the one my the one thing that kind of kept taking me out. I was like trying to track Robert Pattinson's accent. I agree with that. Yeah, it, it kind of it, it, it was it was a little all over the place. I was like, are you uh, an American Irish person? Are you? I was hoping what? so much that that was going to somehow play into the story, um, which it doesn't. And for wonky, yeah, give you that I, I will a hundred percent give you that. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, like, I don't know, as I said, what really makes me want to see it again, because after, like, at times I'm like, oh, I kind of get what's going on. I realize, like, no, no, I shouldn't be believing any of this. Right. And then the last shot I thought was added 9 million other things into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I have an idea, it, but only because of what other people been, have talked about. Yeah. I'm curious to hear your idea. Yeah, but it's not. a weird, difficult movie that, as like Russ said, at like Midsummer, I will watch again. I think Midsummer might be the happiest movie of the year to yeah. me at this point. I saw it a second time. I was like, I think I think this movie is after well, of course, after the beginning, ends nothing but joyfully. I think it's the happiest ending, and I love it. I agree. Yeah. Uh, All right. So well, it it is eight. People. We got five minutes till the Jets game, Russ, and I feel like we should just start. I, I am watching it. I have my tablet on. <laughs> All right, um, so we can take a little bit more time if we want to. Um, but are you guys ready to move on, uh, or, or what? I want everybody to see it because yeah. I need to have a litmus on how much of a fucking weirdo I am. Yeah. And like I said, hey, people, don't see Ad Astra. That's not accessible. But now I'm like, everyone see the lighthouse and tell oh, me how you feel. Like barely. If, if you uh, so Russ, if I was like, I, I'm trying to decide between the lighthouse and the death of Dick Long. Uh, the lighthouse, because okay. I'm not a pedophile or a creep. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of not being a pedophile or a creep, how about we talk about Parasite? That uh, was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, Parasite, directed by Bong Joon-ho. Uh, all unemployed. Uh, it takes, family takes peculiar interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks. For their livelihood until they get entangled in an unexpected incident. So um, I don't want you can't talk too much about this movie. Yes, like, this like, is the movie. This is like this is my pick for the Peters going bl as blind as you can film. Yeah, don't even watch like, the trailer. Just go see the movie. The I haven't even I haven't watched the trailer. Don't just go in as blind as possible. Um, I don't want to say too much. I absolutely positively love this movie. Yeah, um, I think it's incredible. Fantastic. Uh, Amazing performances all around. Um, I, again, just see it because yeah. it's so it's so incredibly well done. There's great performances. It's a really well done story, really well done narrative. Um, but like, yeah I, yeah, I wasn't crazy about Okja and I'm I still haven't under, seen that. I understand I that's so want to see it. Yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about Snowpiercer, but I do love the host. See, the problem. Yeah, the problem with Snowpiercer is that uh Weinstein cut it to shit, and we, ha we still have not been able to see the original version of Snowpiercer. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes, um, I think the host is incredible, and this feels this is a better movie than it. Yeah, I, oh, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, just like it. Yeah, um, I absolutely, positively like love this movie. It might be, it's definitely fighting in my top three for the year. Um, fucking incredible. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I haven't thought about like my top ten, but like, but this will definitely be up there somewhere. 
yeah. but let's move on. Uh, let's talk about. Do you guys tell me about Hustlers? Sure, Hustlers, uh, directed by Lorraine Scafaria, inspired by the viral New York Magazine article that was so viral I had never heard of it. Hustlers follow <laughs> strip club employees who band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. How is I this? liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know what I was expecting. Like I heard a lot of good, like the trailer was like, okay, whatever. And then I heard a lot of good reviews. And I went and saw it and I can't tell you why exactly it's so delightful, but it's, it's, it's good from really beginning want, to end. Like, I really want to see it. This is just one that I just haven't had yeah, a chance to go and see it's good movie. It's also a reminder that Jennifer Lopez, when she wants to, can act. And before she started making music, her, her career trajectory was trending towards like this. She's a good actress, yeah. and then music kind of and pop pop around, like pop culture kind of took that away. But she can act. Yeah, she's good. She's really good in this movie. It's it's a good it's a good time. It's it's a it's a fun movie. It, it's it's diff it's structured a little bit differently than I thought it would be when I went into it. It's kind of like any of those old any of those kind of crime dramas that are full of fucking dudes. It's just one with a bunch of women, yeah, and it works. Nice. It's and it, it's a it's a it's a really good time. Uh, I think her performance, Jennifer Lopez's performance, is uh, really good. Constance Wu is very good as well. Uh, it's it's a good time. I it's a really good time. Yeah, I didn't super love Constance Wu's per, um, performance um, in the present doing the interview, but I didn't understand where she was coming from. Yeah, every scene in the past was fantastic. Like a yeah. usual suspect kind of thing? A little bit. The movie is an interview. It like takes place in kind of interview format. Like okay. uh, Constance Wu's character is being interviewed about the uh, situation. Okay. Cool. By Julia Stiles. Oh. And it out uh, Treadstone was behind it all. Yep. All right. Let's talk about Rambo Last Blood. No. No, thanks. <laughs> Is that is it a no, no for a rust down? I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> last Rambo movie was Rambo. Or John Rambo, whatever John it was Rambo, called. Yeah. I'm all set. I don't need to see any more. Um, the, the end of this movie was very fun, but good lord, did it really test my patience getting there. I thought it was a it was a fun, dumb Rambo movie that has some like questionable things to say about a lot of things, but like it was kind of exactly what I expected from a Rambo movie. Couch Pete, anything you want to say about Rambo? It was totally a Rambo movie, then on plot, just sly, kicking ass at being way too old. There we go. <laughs> yeah, if you love montages of of Rambo loading guns and setting traps... I do. Oh, wait, I, I do kind of like that. <laughs> there's two separate montages of it. it within, okay, like, so minutes of each make, other. Make the YouTube, I'll just watch that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Russ... Tell me about Maleficent. Yeah, no, Maleficent's a fun time, man. Uh, I'm not going to rust down it because, no. Uh, but Maleficent is as good, if not better, than Maleficent uh, 1. That, that's what I want to know. I really like Maleficent 1. I, I think the brevity of Maleficent 1 was part of the reason why I really liked it. Um, this one's a little bit longer, but still super fun. Yeah, it's a good time. It's kind of like uh, like Girl Willow 2. Oh, Willow it, it, it gives okay. Willow. Oh, and he's in it. Uh, what's his face? Warwick Davis. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's a good time. I enjoyed it. If I was a kid, I'd really like it. And yeah, it's got it's, it's got problems, but it's also made for like eight to ten year old girls. So right. Not quite my demo. Yeah. Really? Just once again, Russ stated earlier he was not a creep or a pedophile. Just just to, just to reiterate. That's true. Yeah. No. Yeah. He did say that before. Yeah. I like him a little older. Oh, all right. Let's just move on to Freaks. Um, that yeah. was a good right? Freaks, a movie no one has heard of or seen or know about. Accurate. Um, it's with Emil Hirsch and Bruce Dern and a couple other people whose names I can't remember. Um, I fucking loved it though. It's. Uh, I think it's so good. It's exactly just what I've wanted. Every time we've complained about different franchises or sequels or reboots, <laughs> man, I just wish someone took a existing property or like an existing universe. Yeah, yeah, an existing universe and just said, you know what? 
instead of trying to shoehorn a prequel or a sequel or a reboot or a remake or any of these dumb things, I'm just going to borrow from that world and make a movie, an original story in that world. So everything I hated about like solo or everything I, that was like frustrating, annoying with every single X-Men movie in the past 25 years, like, or what's dumb about like Independence Day Resurgence, like all that stuff was just everything I've ever wanted was completely solved by this movie, which is like, oh yeah, no, no, we're not going to do a whole lot of work. You're going to understand what world this is because you've seen it a million times and we're going to play in that world and be able to do things that like, you know, a property with Disney's name on it or Marvel's name on it can't do. Mm-hmm. And I fucking loved it. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I think is that so I think that brings us to the end. Uh um right? And if we forgot anything, it's it's all the indictment on it you need. Yeah, that's true. I mean we that's, can talk about Joker. I think that's that's everything. Wow. Yeah. All right. I guess is it yeah, for the no, that's, that's that's everything. All right, let's get Alex back on the call real quick. Oh, God. Yeah, I love that. That would be hilarious. Uh, you can find us on the web at moviemoviepodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at moviemoviepc. You can email us your thoughts, complaints, how much you like Joker, how much you didn't like Joker, your thoughts on The Lighthouse to moviemoviepodcast at gmail.com. And you can rate us on iTunes by searching for The Priest and the Beekeeper, which is the name of our improv troupe. And, oh, my gosh, guess what? As the last standing improv troupe, in the world uh we've got a show the third thursday of every, the third thursday of every month uh at long island city's beautiful the creek in the cave with our good friends and co-hosts zach sims and nick maritato the show is called pig pile it is 8 p.m the next show will be november 21st it is our 10 year anniversary show so come on out to that uh they don't do the takati in a shot anymore i don't think but you know they're still pretty like cheap beer and decently cheap uh, Mexican food, so you should come out anyway. And uh, come see us. Tell, much how, tell us how much you like the podcast. I guess also stay for the show. Uh, and that's about all I got. So thank you guys for being with me today. And thank all of you You're for welcome. listening to the Movie Movie Podcast. Bye.